Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. I want to go to Acts 16. It says that when they had laid many stripes on Paul and Silas, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But then it says, at midnight. I kind of wish it said until midnight. It would be nicer for us. But we can say until midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Everybody say, suddenly. There was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. I want you to understand today that midnight is very significant in the Bible. It's a type of completion. It's it's a finish line. It's a breakthrough. It's a, a turning of the page. It's when one thing, one day ends and a new day begins. It's when one thing ends and a new thing begins. It's when one chapter ends and a new chapter begins. That's what the midnight hour is in the scripture. And so I want to just encourage you today, keep praying, keep fasting, keep worshiping, keep praising, keep singing, keep having faith, keep being faithful, keep walking until midnight. Somebody say, until midnight. God bless you. You can be seated. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you to the band. Wasn't that a powerful new song they sang? I want to give them a great big hand. I love these guys, these gals. Both of y'all back here behind me and everybody else that already went off. Paul and Silas, they didn't know when the prison doors were going to open. But they were praising, worshiping, and praying until midnight. I've I've opened up these messages this way. Allow me to do it one more time. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 tells us that there's a time for everything. It says there's an hour to begin and there's an hour to finish. Genesis 8 and 22 tells us that God is a God of seed, time, and harvest. That means there's a time to plant seeds and there's a time to reap the harvest. I believe here at the beginning of this new year, God has given us an opportunity to plant some seeds. And through these 21 days, we're planting seeds of faith. We're planting seeds when we pray. We're planting seeds when we fast. And I believe all through the rest of this year and even in the years to come, that you will reap a blessing. You will reap a harvest from the prayers that you prayed. I wonder if I have any testimonies in the house where people would say, we're holding the thing that we 
used to pray for. We're walking in the thing that we used to pray for. I'm touching the thing that I used to pray for. I'm blessed now living in the thing that I used to pray for. I don't know if it's a house, but you slept under the roof that you used to pray for. I don't know if it's a healing, but you're walking in strength, in the strength that you used to pray for. Whenever I have a witness in the house. It used to be a vision, but now I'm touching it. It used to be a dream, but now I'm walking in it. It used to be a petition, but now I'm holding on to it because I planted seeds of prayer, of faith, of worship, and now I've reaped the harvest and I'm living in it. And I believe we have it happen every year. I've had, we've had testimonies come in already on these 21 days. And I was joking with somebody a few days ago that I wish that they would let me write something on their card because their card is just really, really blessed this year. And, uh, and so there's a set time. There's a set time. I want to show you this Psalm 102, verse 11 through 13. It says, My days are like a shadow that lengthens, and I wither away like grass. But you, O Lord, shall endure forever. And the remembrance of your name to all generations, you will arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. You have to understand that Zion is a type of the church. So what it's saying is there's a set time of favor for God's people. I want to tell you there's a set time of favor for your life. There's a midnight in your life where that thing's going to be over, there's going to be a breakthrough, and the new thing begins. I got some people that believe it. God put it on Daniel's heart to pray and fast for 21 days, and then there was a breakthrough in heaven. Matthew 4, Jesus fasted in the wilderness for 40 days, and he was anointed as the angels came for his earthly ministry. Elijah was led by the angel of the Lord to fast for 40 days. Moses fasted for 40 days. The entire nation of Nineveh fasted for three days. Esther led the women of God to fast for three days and three nights. And watch it now, it was at midnight that the prison doors opened for Paul and Silas. I just want to remind you, and I know I've said this every week, but I just want to get this in your spirit. For every storm, there's a moment when the clouds run out of rain. Every storm, there's a moment when the sun breaks through the clouds. Every night, there's a moment when the sun cracks the horizon and light penetrates the darkness. Paul and Silas didn't know when the prison doors were going to open, but they praised him. Like the prison doors were already open. They sang worship songs because they knew God is the God of the breakthrough. He's the God of the blessing. He's the God of the midnight hour. And even though weeping may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning. So what do you do while you're waiting? Just keep worshiping. What do you do in the midnight hour? Just keep praying. Just keep believing. Because I don't know when the doors are opening, but I know there's a set time of favor on God's people. There's a moment when the doors will open. There's a moment when your miracle will come. Somebody ought to say amen right there. All right. I want, first thing, I, I see three powerful things in this. 
The first one is you've got to worship in the 11 o'clock hour. I don't worship just when the miracle happens. Anybody can worship when the miracle happens. An unbeliever will worship when the, the lottery ticket says $10 million on it. I've heard unbelievers say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> the lottery ticket went. But Paul and Silas were bloody, bruised, beaten in a dungeon, shackles and chains. They're worshiping with chains on. They're worshiping in a dungeon. I wonder if you can worship in the 11 o'clock hour. I wonder if you can worship at 11.59. Because they didn't know when the doors would open. They didn't know when the, the earthquake was coming. But it was like the Hebrew boys that said, you know, God can get us out of this fiery furnace. But even if he don't, I'm never bowing to the gods of Babylon. He's still God. There's a power if you can worship in the 11 o'clock hour. And so I know midnight's coming, so I'm going to worship while I wait. I'm going to pray until this hour. I'm going to fast until this hour. I'm going to have faith until this hour. And I just want to encourage you today. Have faith until your midnight. Have faith until your hour. Have faith until your prison door opens. Have faith until your mountain moves. Have faith until your family's saved. Have faith until your miracle comes. Have faith in God. Because the psalmist said there's a set time of favor on Zion. Zion was the place that when, when Daniel was opening his window and praying toward Jerusalem, he couldn't see the temple. He couldn't see the the he couldn't see the the, the shopping centers. He, he couldn't see any of that. But from a long way off from Jerusalem, you could see the Mount Zion. And so he opened his window and he just looks toward Zion. Zion was a type of, of, of the church. It's a type of God's people. And so what the what the psalmist is saying here is there's a set time of favor on God's people. And so I might be in the waiting time, I might be in the 11 o'clock hour, but I've got to remind myself that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So he's worthy of my praise in the 11 o'clock hour, just the same as he is at midnight. And there are times when we feel like we're on hold. There's times when we got to just make it through. That's where we're at right now. You're on a 21-day journey, and I I just got to get through. Daniel was faithful for those 21 days. Jesus was tempted on those 40 days. Moses and Elijah were going through it for 40 days. Cornelius was going through it for those four days. But he just kept reminding himself, there's something more for my family. I've got to go on this fast. I've got to go on this dedication. And Paul and Silas, they had to make it through the day of a beating to get to their midnight. But the psalmist reminds us there is a set time. This night won't last always. 
This storm won't last always. This night won't last always. There's a coming time of favor. Yes, even a set time. God has it on his clock and his calendar. I don't know when it is, but God knows when it is. He set a time. He set a date for favor upon his people, upon your life. So keep praising him. I don't know when midnight's coming, but keep praising him. Like it's happening right now. Hallelujah. And I I love this midnight. All through the Bible, it's a type of completion. When the clock strikes midnight, you realize that's the most significant stroke of the clock of all day. When that hits midnight, when both of those hands are straight up and down, it's the turning of a new day. It's the very moment that one day ends and another day begins. That's what's significant about at midnight. They were praising and worshiping God because it was their finish line. It was their release date from prison. It was the breakthrough. It was the turning of the page. And you need to know That God has a set time in your life. A midnight where there's a finish line for the race you're running. It's your breakthrough moment. Somebody say, it's mine. It's my blessing. It's my birthright. It's my inheritance. It's my breakthrough. It's my page turning. It's my miracle moment. It's my promise. It's my blessing. It's my healing. It's my deliverance. It's my time. It's my moment. It's my hour. It's my day. And I'm going to keep worshiping until that happens. Somebody ought to give God a praise right there. You know, Jesus encourages us in a parable to hang on to the midnight hour. He was telling them about his return. That's really the most part. That's really what that parable is about. And he was saying, hold on until midnight. He tells us there's 10 potential brides. And there's a potential groom coming to meet those 10 young girls. And and what they would do is they were watching for the groom to arrive. He was traveling on a journey to meet these, these young girls. And, and they would go out to meet him, and he would select a bride from these available girls. And Jesus, he tells us, five of these young girls were wise, and five of these young girls were foolish, because while they were waiting on the groom to arrive, nightfall happens, and five of the girls' lamps go out because they didn't have enough oil in the lamp. And without the lamp, they couldn't travel out to meet him. In other words, they didn't have enough fuel to make it to the finish line. And Jesus is saying, you've got to have enough fuel in your lamp to make it to the finish line. You've got to have oil in your lamp. And this ain't my sermon or my message, but the Holy Spirit is the oil. You've got to have the Holy Spirit in your lamp. You've got to have the Holy Spirit in your temple. Matthew 25, 6, Jesus says, It was at midnight. It was a set time. 
It was an appointment. At midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Notice the finish line was at midnight. There was an appointment for their salvation. The groom was going to be their lover, their husband, their partner, their protector, their provider, their blessing. And the arrival of that blessing was at midnight. Jesus is saying, don't run out of fuel or you'll miss the blessing. He's saying, you just got to hold on until midnight. I want to encourage God's people on this 21 days. If you made a vow to the Lord, hold on. Refuel in this altar today. Say, God, I need a little more fuel. I need a little more of your spirit. I need a little more of your anointing. Because I want to hang on. Somebody ought to help me preach. For everything you have for me. I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching. And I'm waiting and I'm praying and I'm worshiping. Somebody ought to just worship in the 11 o'clock hour right now. Your blessing is on the way. Your groom is on the way. Your salvation's on the way. Your miracle's on the way. It's coming down the road. Don't run out of fuel right now. Come on, somebody ought to give God a praise right there. It's at midnight. Acts 16 said in the middle of that prison they were praying. They were praising. They were singing worship. But you know what? I thought about, I wonder if they looked at the clock at 1159. How many have ever been at 1159? It's easy to throw in the towel at 11.59. It's easy to put your worship hands down at 11.59. It's easy to stop singing at 11.59. Because at 11.59, it was looking real bad. The pain was real. The blood was real. They could look down and see the wounds on their hands. They could, they could, they, that was real. The, the, the blessing was just, just, it was a vision. It was just a dream. And so they could, they could very visibly see the pain. They're bloodied. They're bruised. Things are looking bad. They got guards on guards. They're actually chained to the guards. That's how much they didn't want them getting out of there. The chains were heavy. The prison doors were locked tight. The persecution was real. The prison bars were real. All of that was tangible. They could touch it. How many know your miracle? It's in your heart. It's in your dream. It's in your vision. But Lord, I can touch these prison bars. Lord, I can touch these chains. And so 1159 is a hard moment. Nothing's happened yet. It's hard to worship in the 11 o'clock hour because you're not seeing a change in your condition. I always said, if I was Joshua, I'd be saying, Lord, can we at least see like a crack in the wall at the end of every day? Like, could like one block just fall out so we could say, all right, day one, all right, we did see a block fall, you know, we saw a little crack in the foundation, you know. But no, God said, you got to be faithful for seven days, seven times around, and I want you to blow that trumpet before that wall cracks. I want you to shout in worship before the wall cracks. So uh, seventh day, you know, seven, that was 1159 moment. 
That was an 11.59 moment. And sometimes it's hard to worship because I haven't seen my condition change. So what do you do in the 11 o'clock hour? Don't let the prison steal your praise. Don't let the prison steal your praise. Worship in the waiting time because God is bringing about a set time. I don't know when that time is, but I'll tell you, there is a midnight hour for you. You know, I just, I just wonder, I just wonder if Paul and Silas had a clock in that prison cell. 11.59, everything's the same. It doesn't tell us about 11.59. Sometimes this, the things that aren't mentioned in Scripture are pretty interesting. 11.59, everything's the same. Nothing's changed. But they're worshiping. They're singing praises. And you know what? Sometimes we're just living in that 1159. Maybe you feel like you're in 1159 right now. Lord, I'm just fasting. I'm just praying. I'm just singing. I'm just worshiping. I'm just being faithful to God's house. I'm just serving you. I'm just, I'm just living for you. I'm just singing the same song. I'm just walking around these walls again. I'm just, I'm just, Paul, for Paul is just getting routine. I just get arrested. I just get beaten up. I just get thrown off of ships. I just get thrown into prison. I just get whipped a little bit. I just get bruised a little bit. He's like, this is just how it is. But he doesn't let the prison take his praise. And he doesn't stop worshiping in the waiting. And I want to tell God's people, if you'll make it through the fast, if you'll make it through the sacrifice, if you'll make it through the night, there is a blessing. You just got to hang on and worship in the 11 o'clock hour. I wonder if anybody say amen. Amen. I love that we do those, those fasting cards, the commitment cards, and they're on the back table. If you hadn't grabbed one this year, jump in. I've had, I've had people show me those things three, four, five, six, seven years later. I've had people bring me the, their, their uh, card seven years later and say, Look, my wife and I wrote this on there in 20, January of 2015. And it took seven years. But the prison doors opened. It took seven years. But there was an earthquake. And, and, and I don't know what you're praying for. I don't know what you're fasting for this year. Maybe you're praying for a loved one. Maybe you're praying for your family. Maybe you've just been waiting. Maybe you've just been circling something, just circling a promise, just circling a word. Many of our lives, how many know many of our lives are lived in the 11 o'clock hour? 11 o'clock is a full hour. That midnight strike is one moment. So you got to be faithful in that 11 o'clock hour. you got to hold to that prayer card in that 11 o'clock hour. Maybe you're praying for family. Maybe you're praying for healing. Maybe you're praying for deliverance. Some situation in your business. I don't know what it is. But the enemy wants to rob your praise at 11.59 when ain't nothing changed. Don't let the enemy take your miracle one moment before the breakthrough in your life. Don't let the enemy rob your praise one moment before the breakthrough in your life. Don't throw the, in the towel one moment before God's about to crack the sky while that angel was on the way. The angel told Daniel, your prayer was heard from the beginning, but there was a wrestling match in the spirit realm. But as soon as that vow hit 21 days... There was a breakthrough in the spirit realm. 
I don't know when your miracle is. I don't know when your midnight hour is. I can't tell you the when or the why of God's timing. Only he can do that. But I do know, standing on the word of God, there is a set time of favor for Zion. There's a set time of favor for God's people. If you'll be faithful, if you'll keep serving, if you'll keep worshiping, God is faithful. Somebody ought to get that in their spirit and say amen right there. Worship in the 11 o'clock hour. The second thing I want to say is that there's always a setup to the suddenly. Acts 16.26 said, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Here we read the suddenly, but a lot of times we miss the setup to the suddenly. Everybody, I think, knows the suddenly moment of Acts chapter 16. The, the prison doors shake open. And that's what we know, Acts 16, 4. Uh, that's the reason we know Acts 16. But if you read that whole chapter, you'll see some disappointments. Well, thought I'd have an amen there. If you read the whole chapter, there's some disappointments. There's some setbacks. Paul tries to go to Asia. He thinks God wants him to go to Asia. He tries to go to Asia two times at the beginning of this chapter. And both times the Holy Spirit says no, forbids him to go. He tried twice to go in that direction, and so now he's stuck. There's a no-go. There's a red light in his life. It's a dead end. Nothing's coming together. There's disappointment. So now he's just in a holding pattern, and he's waiting on God's direction. He's praying, and he's seeking God, and he gets a vision of a man in Macedonia begging for someone to bring the gospel to his city. So the Bible says that Paul, he runs this, uh, what he's feeling in his spirit through the uh, elders of the church to get to see if, if there's a green light in their spirit for this. Does their spirit agree? They pray, they fast, they agree. And, and now there's a word from the Lord on his ministry confirming and, and, and that he's to go. There's a blessing from the elders sending him out. And you would think, okay, here it is. That everything's going to be easy now. There's a green light. But the Bible says when he got to Macedonia, there was nobody there. He thought there would just be lots of people in the town square ready to hear the gospel, that he would just be preaching and that there would be baptized and all this stuff would happen. But he's not finding anyone hungry for the gospel. In fact, he finds no believers at all until he runs in to a women's prayer meeting down by a river that's led by Lydia. Paul joins that prayer meeting. And as he leaves that prayer meeting, now there's a demon-possessed woman that starts following him. So we get setbacks, we got disappointments, we got red lights, we got dead ends, we got U-turns. And now there's a demon-possessed person following me. She's, she's mocking him. And, and she has a devil spirit on her that she can actually uh, prophesy and, and fortune tell. And Paul gets tired of it. He turns around, casts that devil out of her. But now, the people that made money off of her fortune telling are upset because they just lost a stream of income. They're very angry with Paul and Silas. So they go to the, the, the government. They go to the, the law enforcement. They say, we don't like these guys. They're shutting down revenue for us. They throw them into prison, 
not just the regular like lockup that you get out the next morning. It was the inner prison. Nobody say amen about that. <laughs> Y'all saved and sanctified. They throw him in the inner prison with the handcuffs and chains. And now you get the suddenly moment where the prison shakes and the doors open. And the jailer is about to fall on his sword because he would be accountable for all of these prisoners that run out. Paul calls out to him, says, don't, don't take your life. The jailer says, how can I be saved? Paul says, believe on the Lord. Later we find out that the whole man's family is baptized. And so we see the suddenly, but we forget about the setup that there was a ladies prayer group that was meeting every day down by the river saying, Lord, bring salvation, bring the gospel, bring, bring a revival to our city. And we see the suddenly that the doors opened up, but we forget that Paul was seeking God's direction and got a vision of a man that needed the gospel. And I wanted to remind the people of God today, you see the suddenly, but you don't always see the setup. And on these 21 days, we're looking for the suddenly moment. But I want to remind you, there's always a setup to the suddenly. And maybe on this 21 days, you get a vision. You ought to thank God for the vision. Write that vision on your card. Hold on to that vision. Because the vision is a setup for the suddenly. Somebody ought to get a dream on these 21 days. Write, on, write that dream on your card because the dream is a setup for the suddenly. What did we just sing? We sang something about getting a word from God. And if God got, gave you that word, no man can shut the door. No devil from hell can take it. I got a vision on this 21 days. I got a word on this 21 days. I had a dream on these 21 days. And it's a setup for my suddenly. It's a setup for that suddenly. Somebody ought to say amen right there. It's a setup for my suddenly. Maybe you'll just get an assurance of faith that God's bringing things together. There's a Lydia on the other side of town praying for the same thing I'm praying for. There's a brother in the church praying for the same thing I'm praying for. And I don't know how and I don't know when, but I'm going to be a part of the setup. And when the suddenly comes, I'm going to say, I've been here since the beginning. I've been here since the foundation of the thing. God dropped a word in my spirit. God put a dream in my heart. God gave me a vision for this thing. Hmm. And there's a setup for the suddenly. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she had a 30-year setup for her suddenly moment. Her suddenly moment was Jesus' first miracle. Because for 30 years, she'd been telling folks that her son was the Messiah. For 30 years, she was in a setup for the ministry of Jesus. For 30 years, she was serving the Lord as his mother. Making food, cleaning the house, raising him up, serving the Lord literally for 30 years. And John chapter 2 says, the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He didn't realize the setup. 
He didn't realize everything that went into the miracle moment. So the servants who drawn the water for him, they, they knew. They, they'd seen what happened. Then he calls the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best. Here's that word again. Until now. And Mary's over here thinking, you think it's a now moment. But let me tell you, I've been whispered about, lied on, rumors spread, people thinking I'm crazy. I've just been serving the Lord for 30 years. You see this miracle of water into wine, and you don't realize how it happened. But I've come in to tell you, there's a setup for the suddenly. You saw this as sudden, but I've been a part of this thing for a long time. The angel of the Lord gave me a word. The angel of the Lord gave me a promise. <laughs> and I've been waiting 30 years to see this promise come to pass. That's why you should never worry about what anybody thinks about your praise. You should never hold back. You should never withhold praise that God deserves based on what somebody might think of you. Because you don't know like I know what he's done for me, what I went through, what I came out of, what he found, where I was when he found me. You didn't see the tears I cried. You didn't hear the prayers I prayed. You didn't. You don't know like I know what God's done for me. It said the master of the feast didn't realize. He didn't realize. He was like, wow. Because he wasn't part of the setup. There's people that will be part of the suddenly that weren't a part of the setup. But God's people are always a part of the setup. But the blessing falls, the suddenly falls on some other folks. But when your miracle comes, don't hold back praise for anybody else. They weren't there for the setup. They didn't see the 21-day fast you went on. They didn't hear you praying in your prayer closet. They didn't see the mess you walked through. They weren't there for the disappointing doctor visit. They weren't there when the angel gave you a promise 30 years ago. But I was there for the setup. So excuse me while I praise. Excuse me while I shout. Excuse me while I dance. Excuse me while I run. Excuse me while I praise. Excuse me if I sing a little too loud. But I've been here for 30 years waiting on that suddenly moment. Somebody ought to give God a praise right there. And I'm just saying in faith, there's going to be things you wrote on your card that you're in the setup that you won't see for three years, five years, seven years, but it makes it sweeter. It makes it sweeter when it comes to pass. I thought about this earlier back in verse 3 before the miracle. Look what Jesus said in John chapter 2 and 3. When the wine was gone, now, this was before the miracle happened. Jesus' mother said, they have no more wine. She petitions Jesus to do something about it. And Jesus looks at his mother and says, woman, why do you involve me? My 
hour has not yet come. Our theme is until this hour. Jesus says, my hour has not come. Jesus says, mom, it's not time yet. It's not the right hour yet. There's something in Mary rising up. Not time. Son, I've been serving you for 30 years. Son, I've been holding on to this promise for 30 years. What do you mean it's not time? I remember the woman at the master's table said, but even the dogs get crumbs from the table. Jesus told that woman too, it's not time yet. This, this bread's for Abraham's house. It will be for you, but it's not time yet. She says, wait, 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 but even the dogs get crumbs. So I haven't seen this kind of faith. I haven't seen this kind of hunger. And so his mother saying, son, I've been waiting 30 years for this. She says in verse 5 to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. And ah, that dynamic of mother and human, humanity of Jesus, in a sense, she's overriding her son. Think about that. She tells the kitchen staff, I don't know what he's going to do, but whatever he's got to do, do whatever he says to do. It's almost, uh, okay, not my will, but your will. Do whatever you're going to do, but just know that I'm ready when you're ready. And there's a hunger in her spirit saying, Lord, I've been waiting long enough. And she sped up the timeline with her petition. Jesus was content to wait a little longer. But she said, Lord, they don't have no more wine. Why don't you do something about it? Jesus would have passed him by. But the blind man said, Lord Jesus, don't pass me by. I wonder if anybody in the house today would say, Lord, let my hour come right now. Let my day be right now. Let my breakthrough be right now. Let my hour come right now. Because I believe you can get heaven's attention by your prayer and your petition. I want to be a part of this setup for that suddenly. Music come. I, I, I'm going to close here. Last thing I want to say is that chains will break. At midnight. This thing ends in victory. Tell your neighbor, this thing ends in victory. That wasn't very strong. Say it stronger. This thing ends in victory. Somebody say it like you believe it. This thing ends in victory. This thing, I'm on the Lord's side and He's already won. Somebody ought to say, I read the back of the book and we win. Spoiler alert, read Revelation. We win. He's already won. Just what side are you on? You're on the Lord's side, you already won. Chains break at midnight. It said at midnight, Paul and Silas praying and singing. Suddenly, verse 26, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations were shaken and immediately all the doors opened and everybody's chains were loosed. Everybody. Some folks are part of the setup. Some folks are part of the suddenly. So here they are, it's 1159, they're singing through the night, praising and worshiping. And what I'm preaching to you today, when we open this altar, is I want to raise faith, like Vanessa said. Everything in your life can change, this is a flimsy little pulpit, everything in your life can change 
in a moment's time. You have saved the best until now. Woo! 11.59, somebody ought to say, the best is now. I want to raise faith and tell you everything in your life can change on these 21 days, over the next seven days, on Miracle Sunday. Everything in your life can change. It might have taken you 21 years to get into that pit. You can get out of it in a 21th of a second when God strikes midnight. At midnight, the Bible said the earthquake came and suddenly the prison doors were shaken because God said it's time. When God says it's time, no matter what anybody else's clock says, you can be moments away from the miraculous thing happening and light coming into your night. And that's what I'm preaching about today. Everything can change with one stroke of the clock. You can move from chains to freedom. You can move from prisons to promised lands. You can move from pits to palaces. You can move from addiction to liberty. You can move from sickness to healing. You can move from bondage to salvation. You can move from weeping to joy, you can be changed in a moment. And the thing you've been trying to do, all of a sudden, God's hand is on. The door you've been trying to open, all of a sudden, God kicks open. Place you've been trying to go, all of a sudden, God stands you up in. God's people were in Egypt for 400 years. That's a long time to be in chains. At 16 generations, they forgot what freedom was like. But God told Pharaoh, it's time for you to let my people go. There's a set time of favor for those chains to break. And Exodus 12, 29 said it was at midnight that the death angel passed over God's people but struck their enemy. And the spirit of bondage breaks. Pharaoh says, fine, get them out of here. That God's people had put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. That lamb had already been in the flock. There was a setup to the suddenly. Things were in place. But there came a midnight hour where God says, enough is enough. It's now time. So what do you do while you're still in chains? What do you do when it's 1159? You keep worshiping. You keep praising. Because 1159, nothing has changed. But I got to tell somebody, midnight is coming. Your hour is coming. There's a suddenly moment for God's people. And I love this Psalm 149. It says, may the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations and punish the people to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his 
faithful people. When we worship, I don't know if you saw that, the chains fall off of us. And that's worth getting excited about. But not only those chains fall on us, now they fall onto our enemy and bind them up. So now I have freedom, but my enemy is bound. Now I have freedom, but that thing that had power in my life no longer has power in my life. It's chained. It's bound. It's locked up. It's behind bars. And I am set free. That is worth praising God. Because when you take the chains off yourself, God puts the chains on your enemy. Hallelujah. What I love is they did not know that they were one minute away from the prison doors opening. But they were praising God at 11.59. They didn't know that they were one minute away. You ever, you ever been somewhere on New Year's Eve where it's counting down to 11.59? When it gets to about 11.45, people get excited. Maybe they were sitting down eating food or whatever, and now at 11.45, people start getting up. Start mixing. Yeah, it's getting time. And maybe they're watching the ball drop, or maybe there's a big clock on the wall. 1150, people are, their eyes are on the clock. And they're watching it. 1151. Hey, it's 1151. We're about to celebrate. It's 1152. About to celebrate. It's 1155. Yes, it's gonna be a new year. 1157 getting excited, blowing the trumpets or the kazoos, whatever I have, putting the party hat on, confetti's coming out, people getting excited. It's 1158. It's 1159. I wonder how they would have been praising God in that cell if they knew what was about to happen at midnight. I wonder how you would praise God if you knew this is your moment. Would you shout? Would you dance? Would you stand to your feet? Would you clap? Would you sing a song? If you knew this chain was about to break. Oh, come on. How would you praise him? Let me hear you. How would you praise him? How would you praise him? If you knew, I've come to tell you, there is a set time. Go ahead and praise him now. Go ahead and praise him now. Go ahead and praise him now. There is a set time. How would you praise him? How would you praise him? How loud would you blow that trumpet if you knew that wall was coming down? How high would you lift that staff if you knew the Red Sea was parting and that Egypt would be buried in that sea? How loud would you praise him if you knew your healing was happening in the next 60 seconds? How would you praise him if you knew it was happening right now? 
I tell you, there's a set time of favor on your life. Let's praise him now. Let's praise him right now. I'm going to open these altars, and I just want praise to erupt. I just want you to, uh, come, people coming right now, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. How would you wave your hands if you knew these chains were breaking? How would you praise him if you knew healing was coming? How would you praise him if you knew salvation was coming? How would you praise him if you knew the angel was knocking on the door? How would you praise him? How loud would you praise him? How hard would you praise him? How much would you dance? Would you shout? Would you sing? Would you clap? Would you praise him? Come on, somebody just lift their voice in the house. Somebody just lift their voice in the house. Come on, lift your voice. I won't let the stones cry. I won't let the stones cry. How would you praise him? Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.